Blog Talk Radio.
Okay, that's, that's interesting. So um, you guys can hold the school superintendent accountable for the things that they do, correct? Exactly. Uh, we have uh, an evaluation process, um, and we have created an evaluation tool that we have all seen and, and understand, and then we evaluate him based upon the decisions he makes. So um, at, in November, the superintendent receives an evaluation each year. Okay, well, let me ask you this. What motivated you to become a school board member in the first place? Well, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I was uh, teaching at uh, Northwestern Middle School um, uh, several years ago, and the district wanted to make Northwestern uh, Middle School into a, an uh, overage academy for the entire district, school district. Well, I knew that the the impact that could have on uh, the community that Northwestern sits in, which is on 45th Street, uh, and I knew the impact it would have on the students in the building, some um, who would have to get on the bus and go someplace else, go to another school. And um, I opposed that for the, the obvious reasons because the most important thing to me, I've been involved in, in, in education and NAACP. I've been an advocate all of my adult life, uh, and I even started as a, as a, in high school, junior high actually, back then. And a group of us got together called, and we formed a, a group called Concerned Citizens in Support of Education, and we fought that move. We fought that mm-hmm. move for, and then later on, a couple of years later, I became a, a district administrator. And once I got downtown in, at 1701 Prudential Drive, I could see the disconnect. And, right, um, right. Then I was like, you know, people were saying to me, you know, you, you know, maybe you ought to run for school board, which never crossed my mind. And at that time, the school board member was uh, Brenda Priestley Jackson, and I really didn't know okay. uh, Jackson. And she called me and said, "Hey, I, you know, I think you ought to run for school board." So, yeah. <laughs> and and you took it from there. And and it's interesting um, that we talk about the school board today. Um, WOKV, which is uh, here locally, um, AM six ninety, uh, set a report that um, the graduation rate for the nation is Mm -hmm. higher. But Duval County is behind the national level and the state level. I was wondering, uh, what is the vision in the future of education for Duval County uh, specifically? Well, I don't know what numbers they they, um, shared with, with, with the world, but let me first explain how the graduation rate is calculated. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and we all use federal model. The graduation rate is calculated based upon every ninth grader that enters, um, every student that enters the ninth grade, then you are, that's your graduation cohort. So if I enter it in, ninth, in 2010 and I do not exit in 2014, then the graduation rate is impacted. Okay, oh, so one, well, Okay. So if one student one student is retained, you you know you would not get 100% graduation rate. Now, when I came on the board, um, the graduation rate for Duval County was 58%. Now, my background is a teacher. I've taught um, at the in public schools and I've taught at the college level. I taught at Edward Wars College and Florida Community College at Jacksonville. 
So I understood education, and I understood what to look for, what questions to ask, what what to push, what not, you know, you know, and and, and how not to to give up. But today, the graduation rate is seventy two point one percent. I don't know which, what which is it, it, it is it is an improvement. And yeah, I guess, it's, it's, um, and it's moving and it's moving forward. It's better than fifty eight percent three years ago, because I've only been on the board wow. for three years. Um, and well, that, that, that sounds great. And um, basically, uh, hello, are you just, are you still there, Miss White? Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna take some calls because the switchboard. Uh, people are excited because of the topic, and once again, the topic you know is is education, and and where 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 do we go from here uh, at this point? Okay. So uh, you guys heard her credentials, and to me, it sounds like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I'm glad we have an expert in the building. So I'm going to go to uh, our, our first caller. Okay, caller, you're on the air with Paula Wright, School Board District Four. How you doing? Hello, how are, are you? you there? I'm yes. good. How you doing? What's your name and where you from? Oh, uh, my name is Jimmy Robinson, and I'm from um, originally from Arkansas, but I'm in Florida. I live in Florida. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to touch on the basis of the fact that the school teachers um, these days, they have uh, their job cut out for them, so they, they probably do deserve uh, a raise. The, uh, you know, they deserve to get what they're asking for because they're not only not able to focus solely on educating our children, but because of how society is today, it's more uh, – it's better today than it was back then. So, okay. so they have to raise the children as well. So so what, so what you're saying is that uh, teachers nowadays, maybe they're being more of a parent figure versus a teacher? Yes. Is, is, that, is that something, and I'll direct this question uh, to Ms. Wright, is that something we should move away from? Um, and, and, and if so, how? I mean, I mean basically you, well, students are spending more time with teachers than their parents anyway. Well, I, I, I certainly don't think that uh, we should move away from it. We can't move away from it. You see, schools, and I, and I appreciate the question. From, is it Jamie? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate the question because it brings to light the plight that we find ourselves in, especially in urban core schools. We have a lot of students who do not have a mother figure or a father figure or, or, or neither, uh, and they're living with, you know, grandparents or aunts, foster parents, cousins, et cetera. And we have to understand that if we understand the value of educating the whole child, then that means not just the academic piece but the social and the emotional piece as well. So, yes, as a, as a teacher, I was a, 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 a a listening board to issues, to concerns, and I also gave directions uh, in terms of um, answering questions that they didn't have anybody else to go to. Teachers, you're right. We have to be nurturers. We have to be um, uh, mothers. We have to be fathers in some instances. We have to, unfortunately, you know, run the gamut because there's no place else for the students to go. So communities don't exist outside of the schools, and schools don't exist outside of the communities. And once we understand that it's the whole child, then once we understand that, then and it's not just academics, it's what do we do with the other pieces and how do we find resources to meet the needs of the whole child, then you'll see these numbers go up another 15, 
And I think that we're on, on the way based upon a lot of the initiatives we're doing. Well, thank you for your call, Jimmy. And uh, just, just to feed off of uh, what, what she said about the – she said teachers should get paid more, if, if I heard that correctly. Right. Um, like, you, you know, that, 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 that's a debate within itself. I mean, you know, yeah. I heard maybe they have just – some teachers have gotten raises, some haven't. Some teachers feel like they should. person you talk to in a job will always say they need more money. Is, is this necessary um, for things to get better, uh, more income to the teachers? Well, you know, just think about it. And I think that, just think about it now. Who taught you? Well, teachers. Teachers. Mom, and yeah, and yeah, taught, yeah. look where you are. Teachers touch yeah. everybody. My, my mom happened to be a, a teacher as well, so I, I don't know if, if I'm a great example. <laughs> well, but, now, I'm, now, let's give props to your mom. Your mom was the first teacher, and she's going to be your last teacher because she, she's your mom. Right. But in right. in terms of content, we have mm-hmm. to go through teacher to understand the content. So teachers deserve all the money that that we can pay them. And I think that people, right. I, I'm, I'm hoping that people understand that the all school districts, this not just Duval County, we all receive our budgets from the state legislature. Now, in the last right. five years, the state legislature has cut has cut the budget for a billion dollars in the last five years. Wow. So when they cut the budget, that means we have to then prioritize even more and decide where we're going mm-hmm. to take the money, which, which gaps we're going to fill, fill. Teachers, I believe that we should, as a community, as a state, should be um, marching on Tallahassee, demanding that we fund, that Tallahassee fund education at the level that they're supposed to fund. And they're supposed to fund education to the, to the, uh, by providing a quality education to every child in XYZ Article 9 in the Constitution. It's not being done. And unfortunately, all school boards, not just me, all of our school board members throughout Florida, sometimes, you know, we, we take the hit because people don't understand that the dollars come from Tallahassee. And then all we can do is take the dollars and do the, the very best we can. But I, I, I say to you that the district in the past uh, six or seven years, not just under, you know, since I've been on the board, there were a lot of good things happening when I got on the board. Now, I was able to, to understand that and continue it on. So we're making great strides with whatever budget we have. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And I, I am so glad that you was able to clarify that because when I put the topic up on the website, you know, people were like, well, if you talk to somebody from the school board, ask them about the money. And like you said, you know, you guys are kind of like the middleman. You still have to deal with the state in, in, in order to get that. So it's not solely uh, – Board that that should take all the blame for what's happening yeah. in, I, in, in, in the school system. Like what we do with it. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I'm going to uh, to, to, to our next caller. Okay. Hello, caller. You are you're on the air. What's your name? Where you from? Yeah. How you doing, Ron? How you doing, Ron? I'm all right. How you doing? I'm good. I'm How good, you doing, sir? I'm good. This is Ron T. Mm-hmm. And um, I would like to say good evening to your guests. I mean, I've been listening for the last few minutes, but, you know, as somebody who is in education and I have experience from teaching in another country and observing mm-hmm. in other states, what I do find interesting in our system here is that 
my views is that I don't think we are teaching with the with the, the 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 fact that we want to teach the whole kid. When I look in the classrooms and see based on what we regard as standards, for example, I see a case in which teachers are not allowed to teach. Is that when I look at even the SCAT, for example, I see where we are teaching for an exam. And for me, basically, as a parent, it's unfair to have a child <coughs> work the entire school year and, let's say, being on the honor roll, good citizenship, and all of that stuff. And at the end of the year, to use one exam and tell this child that you're a failure. Right. I think it's a disadvantage to the child, to the parents, and also to the system. And I believe that the only time we are going to make gains and gains that our president speaks about, like in maths and science, is when we allow teachers and get the best teachers to and allow teachers to teach with an effective mm-hmm. teach that kid to be the whole person. So we have to talk about civic, social life skills, living skills and all those things. But what I see firsthand is that teachers are not allowed to because they're more consumed with filling out paperwork, entering this data, make sure the classroom is pretty and all that stuff. Ninety percent of these kids give nothing about how the classroom looks. So until I think until we get to the point where we figure out exactly that we don't want to teach just for testing kids. We want to teach for kids to be educated, to be well-rounded, to learn the different um, formulas and the different way of reasoning. We are not going to really get anywhere. Well, 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 just right now, uh, you can go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I certainly won't disagree with you on anything. That's why I, I talked about the whole child, and that's that emotional and that environmental piece. We have to understand that emotional piece, and we also have to take into consideration what's going on in that child's environment that's causing the delay in the academic climb. So I, I totally agree with you now, but also understand that the, that the, the teacher in Duval County or the state of Florida, because it's the state, the, the administrators, the boards, we didn't, we didn't – create FCAT. That's a state mandate. So here's mm-hmm. what I, I want people to join me in writing letters to our legislators because the, the FCAT is a state mandate. That's not anything that not one of us, yourself as a teacher or I, when I was in the classroom, I taught on the FCAT, so I understand the stress. Um, so that's not anything we mandated, but we're, not, we're, we're, we're fighting back at the wrong group of people. We, we, we're, you know, we're fighting back and lashing out at teachers, other teachers and principals and administrators and school board members and superintendents when we need to be marching on Tallahassee saying we don't want one test to define our students. We don't want one test to define our community. We don't want one test to define our, school, our children's future because sometimes these, some of the students take this tag along with them far too long. I won't disagree with you, Ron. And I really, I really acknowledge that. And, you know, I myself, I thought about it with my colleagues, and I got to the point where I said, that's going to be my next move. Because, you know, when I look at, when I look at, I read a lot, and when I observe what's taking place across the country and across mm-hmm. the world, if we continue on this path, and I say we need to hold our elected officials, you know, to what they are supposed to do for our communities, 
And mm-hmm. as you say, if we attack the wrong persons, we ain't going to get the right results. So we have to implore amongst ourselves and get people to join in us to make a difference because if we continue, we're going to end up with the same results in the future, which we don't right. want to have because at the end of the day, it only hurts society. Okay, Ron, here's something that, that's critically connected to the FCAT. Now, we all know that uh, derivatives of the FCAT is disappearing. Right now, we have some of the – for geometry and algebra, we have um, – um, for geometry, we have in course exams. So, we, yes. so the FCAT is moving out, and we're coming into the Common Core era. So we're going to be next year. The students are going to be tested on the Common Core State Standards Assessment. But here's the here's the, the piece that people really need to understand. Nobody knows what the test is. Exactly. They haven't even created the test. They haven't even and created I, the test. And you know that that's one of the problems because you know when I look at testing. <laughs> The question we need to ask is what kind of tests are we going to give these kids? What are the exactly. objectives of these tests? What are we testing for? Are we testing to find out if a kid is, is, is – are we looking for quality or quantity? You know, is yeah. that how we're going to judge our level of aptitude? We cannot go down that path because if we go down that path, we're going to end up with the wrong results. So that's yeah. – as you say, no one knows about the test. But we have to figure out and ask these the legislators, what are we testing our right. kids for? So I'm urging everybody to please write your legislators. If you can't write them, email them, call them, say, pick up the phone and call, because they're the ones who's making these decisions. I mean, I just, I, 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 I can't, sometimes I am so bothered by the fact that teachers, uh, um, evaluation is going to be based on 50% of a, an assessment that nobody has even put together yet. Exactly. You know, that, that's ridiculous. That's, yes, that's ridiculous. But, and and just, just to feed in onto this new test, uh, I recently went to um, a meeting that they had, and they were talking about this new test that they're implementing. Um, they're doing, what, a one-year field test, and then the next year it's going to count. And from what I understand, the entire test – even the math portion is all reading. Now, I spoke up at the meeting and I said, you know, the way that our reading scores are, mm-hmm. it, will that impact the graduation rate? And, and a lady said, well, they said the same thing with FCAT. But my thing is, I think it's different because now we're talking about reading levels and, and comprehension levels. I mean, I don't know the curriculum of today's school, but – I don't know if they're teaching uh, comprehension to the level to where you can bring a new test in, test it one year, and then make it count. Is it fair that the test should count that quick, or should no, you? No, it's, it's, it's not fair. And I'm going to tell you something, and even before the test, what's, what they're going to do, according to right now, unless it changes, they're going to give the assessment test next year, right? And then the, right. even though they don't have anything to measure it against, you know, a baseline, Schools will still receive grades. They're, they're, they're going to come up with the calculation and, and obvious. So, in other words, if you are a C this year, somehow they're going to make you a C next year. And then there, there's no baseline. When, when the FCAT first started years ago, they field tested it for five years to make certain right. that they didn't have sixth-grade questions at eighth-grade or third-grade questions at fifth-grade. They field tested and made certain that – the, all of the parameters and that the best practices were used to create the assessment. But now they're just going to 
spring it on us on the students next year, and we, the schools receive a grade, and then the next year the students, you know, the, everything uh, rolls into to action. You know, and that's a horrible way here. You know, my even my views on the grading of schools is um, I'm I'm perturbed by that because my 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 opinion my idea of this whole thing is. Whenever you, we have to look at the mindset of our kids and what we are doing with our kids' minds. If I'm mm-hmm. a child in a school, and I know my school was an A school this year, we've got to talk about peer pressure here and the damaging effect it has on the mind of a child, or even parents. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the end of the year, because as I say, some assessments, we realize that the school is now a C school. We're just using an example. Do, okay. we, do we know how much psychological and mental strain this costs on a child and also on these teachers. The way I see it, I believe it should work. If it's an elementary school, it's an elementary school. If it's a middle school, it's a middle school. Because when we get into the thing of grading schools, we demoralize people, and then we have this thing where people are moving from school to school, and then it creates imbalance and a whole bunch of confusion within the system. If we are yes. teaching to get to a point and we're educating the nation, the grade of a school should not matter because it should be if, we, if it's a kindergarten, if it's middle school, elementary, high school, that's how it should be. We should ensure that we have the most qualified people in there and we are teaching the curriculum and we are making citizens of the world. If we focus on that and focus less on grading schools and degrading schools, I think we'll have better outcomes. That's well, just and, my and view. No argument on, on me uh, from me again, Rod. I mean, and one of the one of the things that, as a board member, I have made certain of since I've been on the board three years is monitoring, yes, and I've made certain that as I go to school. I shared with the superintendent, I've worked with two superintendents to make certain that they had the resources, they had the curriculum, they had the proper uh, uh, supplemental materials, and that they had quality teachers in every classroom. And so yes. that we can make certain that they are doing those things, you know, holistically. So, yes, yes but the test is well, not something that the, the district has an option. Yeah. Well, we, th- we thank you for your uh, call, Ron. Uh, you brought up some very, very, very valid points. And, um, Most definitely, and I, I promise I'll be, I'll be, my letter will be going to Tallahassee, and I'll be also there in person. Okay. All right. Well, thank Great. you very much for, uh, for, for, for your concern in the community. And uh, to, to be honest, we, we need more parents to be involved, uh, to be more involved than, than what yes. they are uh, of today. You know, um, the school system can't do it all. I heard one parent say, um, well, you know, I send my kid to school, and they should just they, when they come home, they should know what they're supposed to know. That's it's not my job. I said, well, wow, <laughs> you know, I, I you can't just. Say uh, that too. Oh, you, you so you so you know I'm not, I'm telling the truth, which which is amazing to me. The fact that you you you're raising kids and you're sending them out and you're saying, hey, whatever they learn is what they learn. Once they're home, it, it's it's whatever. I think it's uh, uh absurd, and that was one of the questions in the topic was you know. Are are we failing our kids? And I think the school system gets blamed more than it should because yeah. I do believe it starts at home. You know. Well, you know, I, I, um, I, 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 I agree with you, Ron. As a teacher, I do not select my students. 
I receive a student role, and I meet with them. I see where they are, and I try and take them as far as they can go and beyond. So we don't we don't we don't select students. We don't say okay, I want this student, that student. We take them all. We love on them. We we make certain that we are in contact with the parents, and parents have an obligation to make certain that when students go home, that they are doing certain things. We have a policy uh, where students are supposed to be reading on a, a minimum of thirty minutes a day at home because mm-hmm. that's that other piece. We have a policy for homework. So parents should make certain that when students come home that they, in fact, do their homework. So, you know, we can't do anything beyond the walls except go to, you know, I've, I've taken it to right to the parents' home and ask questions and, and taking information over, et cetera, but I can't go inside and make them do it. And, you know, but we have a lot of parents who are really want to know what to do, want to know how to help their children, and those are the ones that we've got to reach out more to ones who are willing to work with us hand in hand and do what they can do when the children come home and we do what we can do when the children are at school. So I have good hopes, great hopes for, for our community. Okay, and another question. Um, as far as the school board goes, and, uh, you know, we have a huge gap. We have, you know, parents that care and we have parents that are not so active. I'm not going to say they don't care, but I'm going to say they're not as active as they could or should be. Mm-hmm. What principles can we use from, from 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 your point of view to motivate these students to uh, succeed? Because you know a, a lot of kids end up succeeding later in life, and they came from a, a home where the parent wasn't really uh, there for them. So I wonder, you know, what are there programs? You know, you can maybe yeah. give a website that uh, they can go to and check out, get this information. Mm-hmm. Well, we, you can always go to our, our district uh, website, Duval Schools with an S dot org. But uh, let's 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 take a, a. I was at one of my schools today, Northwestern Middle School, and they had at the had invited uh, several of the um, uh, community partners who are working with their school. They have a program called um, Achievers for Life, where they mentor a student from the sixth grade on and provide. Uh, you know, at one hour a week, every week the mentor comes to the school. And so they become that student's uh, sounding board. They become that student's uh, uh, opportunity to see different. They become that student's, you know, friend to a certain degree. They become that student lifeline in, in many instances because it's an opportunity to talk to someone who's not so involved in sometimes the chaotic world uh, of their lives. Uh, then we have team up, you community uh, uh, and schools and the Jacksonville Children's Commission, where, again, after school, there are programs where we assist them with their homework. Then there's enrichment because you can't just talk about uh, academics. As Ron so eloquently shared, it's about making certain that they understand civic duty, leadership, responsibility, um, uh, looking out for each other, giving and receiving. So we have an assortment of programs. We have a mentor, a mentoring program to you um, in all of our schools. So today, and we have United Way. United Way was there. So there was a consortium of a, uh, the Jacksonville Jewish community uh, organization was there. So you had five organizations that's there providing outreach services 
to the students at Northwestern Middle School. That's how you make the difference. You make certain that the students in that school have an opportunity to connect with another organization beyond the academic piece that's going to help them focus and understand the value of who they are and that they can do anything. It's about encouraging. It's about motivating. Mm -hmm. It's about just listening. It's about the programs. We, in order to reach the whole child, we've got to find uh, and find a way to fund programs that extend beyond the classroom. Right. I, I totally agree. And I'm not going to hold you too much longer. I know you're a busy woman. You've got a lot of things coming up. But in, in your words, what is your vision uh, for education in, in this community, specifically Duval County? Wow. That's a, that, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, primarily because as, as we look at advocacy work, as we look at why we do what we do as a teacher, um, well, I have to go back to why I became a teacher. I became a teacher because I wanted to make a difference in, in the lives of students. And as a board member, my vision now is to make certain that the, the types of programs that's reaching and helping students at Northwestern Middle School is not mm-hmm. just at our schools, but at all of our schools. And once we make certain that we understand the best practices of, pra- practices of reaching out to children, to making commitment to children, to keeping commitment to children, to, and it, more importantly, to connecting the children with their parents and the community, then we mm-hmm. have reached God that point. So we've got to also, the, the most critical part is that we've got to help students and their parents, guardians, etc., understand that what they do in the school day is mm-hmm. a direct course to their adult life. And once they see I, I, that there is, there is possibility, there is chance, then they will focus more and they become that total well-rounded person. So I want every student in Duval County to have access to the type of external programs that um, are at uh, Northwestern Middle School. Another good program was the City Year program where they actually come during the day, they're doing during the day, and they're actually tutoring the kids in the classroom, not, you know, so they catch them when they don't understand something and they help them right there. So that's my Okay. Well, do, 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 do you mind taking any more calls or can you stick around for a little bit, mind. a few more minutes? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to take, take, take another call for you. Okay, Carla, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you from? Hello? Carla, you're on the air. You're on the air. Hi, my, my name is Jonathan. I'm from California. Hey, Jonathan, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I actually graduated from Jacksonville, Florida, and um, my issue was there is I felt the teachers did not care. Um, I learned more at home than I learned at school. Um, they had certain curriculums such as Springboard, uh, and the SCAT was around then. I graduated back in 2008. And it was horrible because my mom would have to come to the school constantly and stay on the teachers because I've had several teachers tell me that they were only there for a paycheck. Like, this is something that I've heard. And not saying that this is in regards to all teachers, but my, my personal experience from teachers that, it was, it was horrible, and <clears throat> Florida came out with something called Florida Virtual School, and um, it was an online class that you can take uh, while you were in high school, and that's the only reason that I graduated was because I was able to learn 
online. And when I got to college, there was a lot. There were a lot of things that I just didn't know from uh, growing up in school in Jacksonville because my teachers were horrible. Jonathan, well, I am so well, sorry you had that experience. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask you one question. Mm-hmm. In all, did you did you did you go here from K twelve? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, can you think of one teacher that helped you? One teacher that you felt was that provided you what you needed? Uh, honestly, I cannot. Okay. And I'm being totally honest. Okay. But, but John, say I'm, but, well, I'm glad to go ahead on Ryan. No, no, I, I was going to say just to, um, to, to to piggyback off what he said. Uh, I, I don't think that represents all teachers. I, however. I have heard teachers uh, state that, um, and I guess that's that's another uh, another question that I can that I can ask you um, the process the hiring process of teachers. I mean, it's kind of like the, a police force. You know, you hear people say, "I hate cops because they had like one bad experience," and not not saying that the whole force is bad. You know, right. um, it may be one teacher. I mean, every organization. I'm in a few organizations, and we we, we get bad people. So, what is the process? Uh, in the school for that. I mean, I was just listening to the news the other day, and, and it was a teacher that uh, was giving a student a, a lap dance in uh, up north somewhere. You know, yeah, so yeah, let's what's... not talk about that. No, I'm not kidding. Um, let, let me say, let me say this. Jonathan's <laughs> experience was was horrible. If he cannot think of one teacher that 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 had compassion or or expressed, you know, tried to motivate or encourage him, that saddens me. But I I am glad to say that's not the norm. And I'm, and that was in 2008. Let me assure, uh, assure you, Jonathan, and the listening audience, that, we, you know, you're going to always find some, uh, you know, a rotten apple in every, every barrel. And unfortunately, Jonathan, you, you, you've got 12 of them, I guess. And thank you, Jonathan, because you just, you know, you just pushed them all out. Thank you. Thank you for your call. Thank you. Thank you. But, but I, I assure you that, that that's not the norm. We have loving, caring, nurturing teachers who are here for the, for the right reasons. And, Ron, you're right in terms of um, there's an interviewing process. And just like any right. other job, you don't necessarily know if you're really going to like it until you get in. It sounds like what you want to do. And now we have <laughs> what we call the 97-day rule when, when we, you know, when principals uh, find that the, the, you know, teachers just aren't going to cut it after getting with them, et cetera. They can, what we call 97-day them, and teachers know that coming in. So they can be dismissed in 97 days, uh, you know, without ex- explanation. Well, of course they explain, but you understand there's no recourse. Um, then we right. could put teachers right. on what we call success plans. You know, after you know, because we do want to teaching is 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 necessary, and we need to retain as many qualified, uh, caring teachers as, po- as possible. So we also go the extra step, make certain that okay, did they not receive a particular professional development, some additional training? So we go through what's called succession plan. So we can say okay, well, mm-hmm. you need help on this. And then we reevaluate, and if there's no improvement, then you know we um, uh, unfortunately you know uh, uh, separate. So you know those are the processes that we use. Okay. Well, uh, before before I let you go, I do know that school board officials are elected, and yes. um, 
I'm not necessarily uh, don't exactly know the the the, the process, but um, is it every four years? Is it every five years? The process, yes. The school board members are elected four years, um, and the election, the primary election for my particular race is August 26th. Um, and okay. I'm looking forward to you know serving another four years and continuing the good work. Can I just share a couple of of wonderful things that we've done you know in, in District Four? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Ron, and let me. I know you said you graduated in 2003, so you, you're just a, you're just a babe. You're just a you're just a, a little. <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna remember any of this, but. I want people to understand that we've done great, we've made some great strides in District 4, and we need to continue those strides. Now, I already mentioned that the Duval uh, graduation rate uh, was 58% in 2010 when I came on, and now it's at 72.1%. And one of the things mm-hmm. that I inherited when I walked on the board in 2010, uh, Ron, I had three schools that were F schools, and the um, uh, education board in Tallahassee voted to close our schools. They told us we were going to close our schools and, and the kids would be scattered. Uh, Ron, I opposed it uh, uh, and went to three other cities following the education board saying, no, you can't close our schools and prayed a lot. And about other community members, we prayed a lot. And we left Miami on a Friday, and they said, the governor says, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to intervene. Saturday afternoon, we got a call at 4 o'clock. The governor intervened, and our schools are open. Now, all of those schools were F schools. In fact, Andrew Jackson was the um, lowest F school in the state. It's a high school. Wow. So it was Rebalt High School, Andrew Jackson, and North Shore Elementary. And let me tell you, Rebalt today is a B school. Andrew wow, Jackson really? okay. and North Shore are both C schools because – you have to understand that sometimes you have to stand your ground when you know it's right, when it's going to be detrimental to your community, despite what people do, despite what people mm-hmm. say. So, had you know, I would have been one of those board members, like, whatever you say, I'm just going to go, go along to get along. Possibly those schools would have been closed. So we have excelled. Right. Um, also, we've increased uh, technology infrastructure in District 4 before so now you can go into District 4 and you can use your wireless in District 4. Um, but here's, here's what I'm most proud of. The graduation rate mm-hmm. of African-American students in Duval County had the highest increase among the seven largest districts in Florida. Wow. Because we need to make certain that our uh, African-American st- uh, students were moving at a greater pace. And so... That is the the thing that is most important oh, that, to me. That is definitely great to hear. I just wish that this news and this information was uh, blasted more. You know, but you, <laughs> you, you, you don't hear it. You don't hear. Well, you know what? And here's the now, Ron. See, that's why I'm thankful for people like you because we blasted it and we were running around with you know with flags and everything. You know, and they covered it for two minutes and that was it. Then they want to ask you about you know the lady that you saw on the lap dance. You know, so, so, <laughs> so you know, it's you know, it's the wave of media, but we're doing we're right. making great strides in in not just in District Four, but in our entire district. You know, we have 125,000 students. That's a lot of students. We're the sixth largest district in Florida. In Florida. Wow. 
Wow. So well, I'm, I'm going to squeeze one more one more caller in if 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 you if you don't mind. Uh, I do not. Obviously, they 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 want to talk to you. So, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, go ahead, caller. You're on the air with Robert and Miss Paula Wright. How you doing? I'm good. How you guys doing? Oh. All okay. right. All right. This is this is Mark. I have a question. I'm from Jacksonville. Uh huh. Miss Wright, um, my question is, why is it so difficult? to get the officials from school board and city council to work together to ensure that our kids have, um, have a better success rate? Well, that's, Mark, I certainly appreciate that question. And let me tell you something. As I said earlier, um, my, the council districts that I serve are council districts 7 and 8. And um, Dr. Gaffney, uh, which represents District 7, and I have done a lot of great things in terms of collaborating on behalf of the community. Uh, and it's important that all elected officials, you know, from my standpoint, we have pr- primarily four uh, uh, African-American city council districts in Jacksonville, 7, 8, 9, 10. We all, and we all are working together to some degree, but we need to do it more. And when we can come together more and, and design a plan of action for our community, that means whether you're on city council, whether you're a commissioner on the soil and water, whether you're um, uh, in, in Tallahassee, you know, as a representative or a senator, we are all speaking the same language. And I, 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 we are doing it to uh, uh, some degree, but if we can do it more, that means that we could get done, get things done more quickly for our community. So, I mean, Dr. Gaffney and I get together and we, uh, we give students, needy students, deserving students who are trying to get to college but don't have money. We, you know, we provide um, computers. Um, we have leadership. Um, we have, actually, we have three city council people who all graduated from Reball High School. They're, uh, our councilwoman, Kim Daniels, uh, Dr. Johnny Gaffney, and councilwoman um, Reginald Brown. They're all members of the council right now, and they graduated from Reball. So, we, you know, we have a lot of great things going on in our community. The problem is how do we showcase it? And when we do showcase it, because I created a video and I realized these three people were sitting on the council. But, again, no, the media shows it for 30 seconds, then they want to go back to right, some right. other. But that's a great question. <laughs> and great question, Mark. We just we, we need to do more. We are doing a lot of things, but we need to be more purposeful and we need to be more targeted and we need to be uh, find a way to deliver the information to the community uh, more and more and more. Well, thank you very much, Mark, for that call. And uh, just, just to uh, feed off what he, you know, he said, I know uh, it, it is good. We all need to work together uh, to make uh, things things better. And, again, that election day is August 26th August 26th this year, 20, correct? This year, this year, August 26th. I want your vote. I need your vote so we can continue the good work we're doing. And, 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 and let, let the audience know uh, what districts, uh, who, who are your council people again council, in your district? Council you said Dr. District, Dr. Gaffney and Dr. Johnny Gaffney and uh, Denise Lee. If you're okay, in so one that's, of those that's, that's districts, you can vote for me. And that's August 26. Um, you know, we 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 have we're doing a lot of good things in terms of uh, the the programs and and the 
transforming, you know, we, a group of uh, philanthropists here have come together and they said that they were going to give $50 million to help the lower performing schools. So what they've done. Oh, wow. That's nice. They've also laid $36 million on the table. And here's what we're doing with that $36 million. One of the programs that's going to not just transform uh, schools but transform our community because it's going to put hope back into our community is called the QEA, Quality Education for All. We're taking that third, part of that $36 million, and starting this fall, we have identified all of the teachers who have excellent uh, student scores and whose scores are 25% above the district average. We pulled them all together at the Marsh this past Friday, and they can come and go through one of these 36 lower-performing schools. And guess what, Ron? Mm-hmm. They will see $20,000 more for the first year on top of their salary. And oh, wow, wow. Thing. Right. Well, so and these, these are teachers. And now, is this, is this to your district or is this kind of, you know, countywide? Well, it's, 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 it's basically between uh, districts four and five and a little in, on six because it's the lower, lowest performing schools. Unfortunately, many oh, of them are on the I see. Day. Okay, so many of them well, are that, in that my is, district. That is but, definitely uh, – Good news yes, to hear. So $20,000, <laughs> a lot of people in the force don't make $20,000. So if you're going to give me an additional $20,000, you can save my life. I'm in a, I'm in a different tax code. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. <laughs> right. So it's, it's what I'm saying, Ron, is those types of things that we've got to continue. It's those types okay. of movements that we've got to make certain that. And they have committed the money for three years. So we have three wow. years to bring in the highest qualified teachers in these schools who need the uh, most effective teachers in the classroom, in the schools every day. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's incredible. And these I mean, people uh, gave money out of their own pocket, they, and they don't even know these students. They don't even know the parents. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a great thing where people put their money where their mouth is. You know, I see a lot yeah. of meetings go on, and a lot of, you know, this and that, and hoorah. And when it comes to money, you know, it's like, well, we're trying to find this and find that. So it's it's great, and I'm happy uh, that is, – is it is this a, is it a name for this program that, you know – It's called, yeah, it's, or is it's it just, called the TPA, the Quality Education for All Initiative. The Quality Education. Okay, okay. And like I said, okay. stuff like this just needs to be uh, broadcast. But uh, we, we well, want to thank you had very, a big very press much. Conference. I said, yeah. We had a big press conference. Really? And, yes. We had a big press conference at uh, um, uh, one of our schools, and then Friday night we held the um, we invited all of these the, the the teachers who met that criteria, and they're signing up to go deciding which school they're going to go to. You know, we're going to make oh. a difference, but but more importantly, you know, we're going to do the inside. But the other side is that we're going to be getting getting ready to be, do some outreach to the parents and the community surrounding those schools to let them know right. these are the great things that are happening. So, we're, you know, we're, 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 we're doing it. We're moving, and we also, this year, we have created a um, marketing budget. The first thing, when I came on the school board, my thing is marketing, marketing, marketing. We're not marketing, yeah, marketing, I was, marketing. I was, I was just going to ask you that. I was <laughs> right. So we've marketing. marketing budget. The schools, the schools can market, you know, the, the individual schools so that, Directly to their own audience. Right, right. Well, that that that's definitely a good to hear. Um, before we, before you, uh, we let you go, we have uh, eight minutes left. 
Are there any upcoming events or fundraisers? I don't know if I don't know if you're even allowed to say that on the radio. I don't know. Um, coming up, you can give the audience the dates and times if if you have anything coming up. Well, I don't uh, August uh, have any, any anything uh, right now um, that I want to share. You know, at, at this point, um, but okay. I will okay. share some other, some other good news. Um, and in and, and, and terms of the the what has to be done when you're talking about our community. When we mm-hmm. look at our communities and we look at our communities outside of the school, we do our schools harm and we do our community harms. And one of the things that I would love for people to understand is that we need mentors. When I was at Northwestern today, we don't have enough mentors to serve the students who want to be mentors. Now, now right. to me, that, that, that's a problem. So if there's one thing that that anybody can do who's listening, if you can volunteer, it's one hour a week, one hour a week, please call uh, either Northwestern Middle School, uh, 924-3100, or you can call our district office, 390-2000. And the area codes for both are 904. I forget your your, 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 uh, not just local. So it's important that we reach out and give back to our kids. And when we can show our youngest kids that we're willing to give back, that's how we change a community. That's how we change a culture because it becomes embedded in them to do to give back naturally, to want to serve. Wow. Well, um, this was a very informative show. I'm sure everyone uh, got a lot out of it. I know I did. Uh, I learned about a lot of new programs that I hadn't, well, I mean, I hadn't even heard of. Yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, especially from some of our callers. Um, they, they had some ex- made some excellent points. Well, we want to thank you uh, for coming. You guys heard her, Miss Paula Wright, uh, District 4, if you like what she said. Don't forget, August 26th is the election day um, here in Duval County. So make sure, uh, if you like what you heard, you go out and you support uh, because it, it looks like it sounds like we could use uh, some more people like that in well, and also, Duval you know, County. What, what, some, yeah, well, sometimes what people don't understand, you you we have to stop this, eliminate the stop and go, stop go, mm-hmm. stop go, stop go, and we have to understand, get involved, and when you vote, at least know why you're voting for or against somebody, right, and not right. somebody. Because education is the only avenue to make certain that our children's future is bright. And, and that's what this is about. I agree. This is not about uh, uh, who I like or dislike. We're educa- for school board members, we're, we're planning the, for the next 10 years. And you need a plan. So we have created a plan in terms of our strategic plan. And the strategic plan is greatly tied to District 4. And we've got to make certain that we continue to see the African-American student graduation rate increase. Uh, and even for our, uh, our, the low-risk students, we excelled in that area as well this past year because we made certain that for the students that they were given all of the resources they, that they needed and that we monitored. I go to schools, you know, on a school visit all the time. And I'm as a teacher, I know it when I see instruction. <laughs> so, right. you know, right. and we don't have to be invasive and we don't have to, 
you know, be loud or anything. We just, all board members just on a regular basis, they go and visit their schools. And I go to all the schools, not just in District, you know, 4, because you want to see what's happening across this, um, across the district. Now, though I was elected for District 4, I, when I vote, my vote is for every, every child in Duval County, every teacher in Duval County. So it's important that I have uh, my, my finger on the pulse of the entire district. And it's about then coming back to the table with the superintendent and saying, Mr. Superintendent, here are the concerns. How, what resources can we put together? How can we connect the A plus the B right. so that it equals C? And, and, and you need somebody who understands how to do that. And the only way you can know how to do that is to have been a teacher. I've been a teacher, an athletic coach, won state cha- uh, uh, district championships. Um, like I said, I taught at the post-secondary level. I've been a district administrator, and I've been a reading coach, and I've been a teacher leader. So I've seen the gamut, and I understand that it is going to take family, community, and our schools to make certain that we have a systemic plan that will uh, provide out positive outcomes for our students, for our teachers, for our staff, and for our community so that the community thrives. It's not about District 4. It's about the entire community as well. And we've got to make those connections because it's, it's about all of us. Well, thank you so much, so much. You were a great guest. <laughs> thank you for inviting and uh, we we hope maybe you can come back before August uh, on, on another on another topic because uh, like I said uh, yes. school school it, it affects so many different areas of life as you said so it's, it's the, Ron, the beginning of life. There are a couple of things that I'm excited about, but I just can't talk about right now because we got to make certain the eyes dotted. And I would love to come back and uh, disclose those two items on your show. Okay, well thank you thank you very 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 much. You guys heard it there first. Um, next week, tune in same time, 8 to 9. Uh, we have a very interesting show coming up next week. We're talking race relations in America. And uh, I have a, a group of guests that wants to come on, and uh, it's, it's going to be what I call juicy. <laughs> so make sure you tune in every Tuesday at 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock. You're not doing nothing, so tune in and listen. And don't forget, the caller number to listen is 646-959-2490. Again, that is 646-959-2490. God bless everyone. And we uh, we still got people trying to call in now, but it's, we needed to hear this information. So <laughs> um, thank you again, and we are out of here. <laughs> Yeah, they're right.